Hello and welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the January market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I'll be covering is called Where We Are. Please note that any charts or graphics referenced are available by request through our website. Let's begin. Investors entering 2022 could well take heed and inspiration from the reflections of the English novelist and poet Charlotte Bronte, 1816-1855. The first day of January always presents to my mind a train of very solemn and important reflections and a question more easily asked than answered frequently occurs. Namely, how have I improved the past year? And with what good intentions do I view the dawn of its successor? The publication in 1847 of her second novel, Jane Eyre, is considered to have revolutionized prose fiction by being the first to focus on its protagonist's moral and spiritual development. Through an intimate first-person narrative, where actions and events are imbued with a psychological intensity, Charlotte Bronte has been called the first historian of the private consciousness and the literary ancestor of writers including Marcel Proust and James Joyce. While posing the question of last year's personal improvements and this year's good intentions, investors entering 2022 can look back upon a 2021 that has featured 1. A U.S. GDP expanding more than positive 5.0% in real terms. S&P 500 year-over-year profits growth of positive 47.0% and an S&P 500 that gained positive 26.9% in price, positive 28.9% including dividends. 2. A positive 55.0% increase to $75.21 per barrel in the West Texas Intermediate Oil price, a positive 46.9% increase in Henry Hub natural gas prices to $3.73 per million BTU, and a gold price decline of negative 3.5% to $1,827.50 per troy ounce. 3. A positive 35.0% increase in the KBW Bank Index. A positive 31.8% increase in the Dow Jones Transportation Index. A positive 21.4% advance in the technology-heavy NASDAQ Composite. And a positive 13.7% gain in the Russell 2000 Index of Small Mid-Cap Companies and 4. In local currency terms, the Stocks Europe 600 index rose positive 22.2% in euros, the Nikkei 2025 index gained positive 4.9% in yen, and the Shanghai Composite advanced positive 4.8% in renminbi. The US dollar DXY index versus six major currencies rose positive 6.4% in 2021 to 95.97, and the broader scale WSJ dollar index versus 16 currencies gained positive 5.4% to 89.55, with low corporate bond and bond loan interest rates furnishing abundant quantities of inexpensive debt to finance deals. Global mergers and acquisitions value aggregated 5.8 trillion, positive 64.0% versus 2020, and the highest since records began more than four decades ago. The global initial public offering IPO market also broke records, with a total of 2,388 offerings, positive 64% versus 2020, raising $453.3 billion 
and total proceeds positive 67% year-over-year. With the unemployment rate having fallen to 4.2% and the layoff rate near a 52-year low, fully 2.4 million people left the labor force entirely, in many cases to take early retirement. From a labor cost, income generation, and national output standpoint, the U.S. economy would meaningfully benefit if some of these individuals elected to re-enter the job market. In November, consumer prices were positive 6.8% higher than a year earlier, the most rapid rate of increase since 1982. For intricate computational reasons, the cost of housing, which constitutes 42% of the consumer price index, has yet to be fully reflected in the CPI. And despite an accelerating national wave of vaccinations and the approval late in the year of therapeutic drugs to fight COVID, mutations of the coronavirus emerged in the form of the Delta variant and the Omicron variant. The tragic 456,198 deaths attributable to the coronavirus in the U.S. as of December 20th surpassed the 351,754 coronavirus deaths reported for all of 2020. Monthly and year-to-date price performance in December, the S&P 500 rose positive 4.4%, its third best month of the year, with the Nasdaq Composite gaining only positive 0.7%, its fifth worst month of 2021. After rising positive 4.2% in October and declining negative 4.2% in November, the Russell 2000 Index of Small and Mid-Cap Companies rose positive 2.1% in December. Over the course of December, West Texas intermediate crude oil prices rose positive 14.0% from $66.18 per barrel on November 30th to $75.45 per barrel on December 31st. The global oil demand side continues to reflect economic recovery, fuel shortages, and precautionary buying, while on the supply side, one, several nations including the U.S., India, China, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom launched a coordinated release of circumscribed quantities of crude oil from their respective strategic petroleum reserves. 2. Iran returned to nuclear talks on November 29th, which could, in theory, increase the supply of Iranian oil entering global oil markets if economic sanctions on Iran are relaxed. 3. Facing pressure from investors to moderate growth and address their admissions amid concerns about increasing regulations and climate change, large U.S. and European oil companies continue to spend sparingly to boost production, or consolidating U.S. shale producers have exercised financial property, followed production discipline, and exerted capital spending restraint, and five, following the 24th OPEC and non-OPEC ministerial meeting via video conference on December 2nd and a post-meeting ratification of new output quotas for selected countries, the group, which includes Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Iraq, and other countries, agreed to maintain monthly output increases at its previously agreed pace of 0.4 million barrels per day. The next OPEC Plus ministerial meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, February 2nd. During December, the U.S. dollar was virtually unchanged versus the DXY index, comprised of six major currencies, Euro, Japanese Yen, British Pound, Canadian Dollar, Swiss Franc, and Swedish Krona. On November 30th, the DXY index was 9599 and on December 31st, the index closed at 95.97, up positive 6.7% year-to-date from its close of 89.93 on December 31st, 2020. Despite being somewhat challenged by continued competition from higher short-term interest rates, over the course of the past five months, the daily spot gold price 
as logged by USA Gold, closed at $1,827.70 per troy ounce on December 31st, up positive 3.2% from its close of $1,770.46 per troy ounce on November 30th. Let's discuss month-end closing yield levels for two-year, 10-year, and 30-year U.S. Treasury securities and the computed month-to-month 2021 yield level changes expressed in basis points. For two-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 20 basis points in October and 4 basis points in November, yields rose by 21 basis points in December to close December 31st at 0.73%, where they are up 60 basis points since their closing level of 0.13% on December 31st, 2020. Financial market participants have been increasingly pricing in eventual policy interest rate increases in 2022, with two-year U.S. Treasury yields rising, even as they express concerns that removing monetary accommodation too rapidly might actually slow economic growth, with 10-year U.S. Treasury yields and 30-year U.S. Treasury yields rising at a less rapid rate. For 10-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 3 basis points in October and declining 12 basis points in November, Yields rose by 9 basis points in December and closed December 31st at 1.52%, where they are up 59 basis points, since their closing level of 0.93% on December 31st, 2020. 2021's upward move in 10-year U.S. Treasury yields has essentially taken place in the January, February, and March timeframe. A somewhat similar pattern to 2021's path of 10-year U.S. Treasury yields has evolved in the yield levels of 30-year U.S. Treasury securities. For 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, after declining 12 basis points in October and declining 15 basis points in November, yields rose by 12 basis points in the most recent month to close December 31st at 1.9%, where they are up 25 basis points since their closing level of 1.65% on December 31st, 2020. It is worth noting this year's upward move in 30-year U.S. Treasury yields has also essentially taken place in the January, February, and March interval. In assessing the U.S. equity market outlook for 2022, the succeeding sections review several of what, in our opinion, represent bullish tilt factors and adverse tilt factors likely to affect financial asset prices and portfolio positioning in the period ahead. U.S. equity market outlook for 2022. Since the official inception of the S&P 500 index in 1957, the index has averaged an annual gain of positive 8.4%, with the annual total return including each year's dividend from 1990 through 2021. Following calendar year's 2021's third year in a row of double-digit performance, a positive 28.7% total return. Wall Street strategists have been predicting smaller gains for the S&P 500 in 2022. Among the 13 banks and financial services firms whose strategists have, as of early January, published year-end 2022 S&P 500 forecasts. The average target for the S&P 500 to end next year is 4,940, a modest positive 3.6% above the S&P 500's December 31, 2021 closing level of 4,766.18. Several firms' 2022 year-end S&P 500 price targets versus 4,766.18 in decreasing order of projected percentage price change range as follows. BMO, 5,300, positive 11.2%. Credit Swiss and Wells Fargo, each 5,200, positive 9.1%. Goldman Sachs, 5,100, positive 7.0%. RBC and JP Morgan, each 50-50, positive 6.0%. B of A, Global Research, 4,600, 
negative 3.5%, and Morgan Stanley, 4,400, negative 7.7%. Factors informing the bullish tilt of the 2022 outlook are as follows. Bullish tilt factors. 1. Decent economic growth. As of December 15th, the Federal Reserve Board was projecting that U.S. real GDP growth after declining negative 3.4% in 2020 will come in at positive 5.5% for 2021, followed in 2022 by a still well above its 2.0% long-term trend growth rate of positive 4.0%. 2. Decent corporate revenue and profit growth. According to data collected by FactSet, as of December 17th or fourth quarter 2021, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 21.3% and revenue growth of positive 12.8% for full year 2021. Analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 45.1% and revenue growth of positive 15.8% for first quarter 2022. Analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 6.2% and revenue growth of positive 9.5% for second quarter 2022. Analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 4.1% and revenue growth of positive 7.5% and for current year 2022. Analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 9.2% and revenue growth of positive 7.5%. 3. Decent Monetary Policy As the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, continues 1. Winding down, tapering, its multi-year quantitative easing program, and 2. Addressing changes in the reinvestment policy for interest payments and maturing securities in its existing portfolio. In early January, the Fed Fund's futures market was projecting a 76.3% probability of four interest rate hikes in 2022, presumably each 25 basis points in magnitude, which by the end of 2022 would still have the target monetary policy interest rate at only 1 to 1.25%, only marginally above the highly accommodative 0 to 0.25% target interest rate policy rate, which has been in effect since March 15, 2020. Four, post 25% plus up years investment performance. In 17 of the 71 years since 1950, the S&P 500 has produced a gain of positive 25% or more. In the 17 succeeding years, in many cases driven by a continued favorable fundamental backdrop and or a positive carryover, a positive investor psychology, the total return of the S&P 500 has averaged positive 14%, with 14 of the years in positive territory. Only three of the years generated losses, and eight of the succeeding years following 25% plus years generated total gains of positive 18% or more, with the two highest returns in years following 25% plus up years producing positive 32% in 1955 and positive 29% in 1998. Five, reasonably light positioning. The Goldman Sachs Supplied Sentiment Indicator. Measuring equity positioning aggregated across household, institutional, and global investors compared to the prior 12 months with readings below negative 1, light positioning, or above positive 1, stretched positioning, representing extreme positions that can be meaningfully significant in predicting future equity returns on a contraindication basis. The reading of negative 0.7 as of December 17th indicates that heading into the end of 2021, In early 2022, household, institutional, and global investors did not appear overly committed 
to equities compared to their positioning in the prior 12 months. 6. An alternative view of equity market concentration. Narrowing market leadership that is concentrated in an increasingly limited number of highly valued stocks brings to mind the aftermath of one, the Nifty 50 stock era, in the late 1960s, precursor to the significant bear markets in 1970 and 1974. Two, the Japanese stock market in 1989, which ushered in a punishingly enduring decline in Japanese equity prices. The Nikkei 2025 index plunged negative 63.2% from a height of 38,915 at the end of December 1989 to 14,309 at the end of August 1992, and by March 2003, it had declined negative 79.2% to its post-bubble low of 7,862. And three, the dot-com mania of 1999 and early 2000, followed by significant declines in many of the high-flying technology stocks of that era. An alternative interpretation of the current stock market concentration holds that this time, concentration in the current group of financially dominant cash-generating companies is actually an expression of investor caution, as such equities may be deemed to be safe havens or bond proxies, admissed 1. Successive waves and variants of the coronavirus 2. A shifting monetary and fiscal policy environment and 3. Significant price erosion, negative 20% to negative 40% declines that has already taken place in 2021 beneath the surface for a not inconsiderable proportion of the population of the S&P 500, NASDAQ, and Russell 2000 indices. 7. Past Experience An equity market pullback at some point in the new year followed by another large surge would not be unprecedented. To cite three examples drawn from the multi-year S&P 500 total returns, 1. Shrugging off short-lived equity market weakness in the United States and in major overseas equity markets following Fed Chair Alan Greenspan's remarks in a December 6, 1996 speech at the American Enterprise Institute citing irrational exuberance, reflected in the S&P 500's positive 37.6% gain in 1995, followed by a positive 23.0% rise in 1996. The S&P 500 went on to increase positive 33.4% in 1997, positive 28.6% in 1998, and positive 21.0% in 1999 before the dot-com-driven equity bubble ultimately imploded over the 2000-2002 timeframe. 2. Driven by corporate profit warnings, overseas equity market volatility, and monetary policy concerns, within third quarter 1998, the S&P 500 declined negative 19.4% to reach a zero year-to-date return on August 31st, before a significant multi-year week rally produced a full-year gain of positive 28.6% followed by a 1999 total return of positive 21.0% and 3. Following the Federal Reserve's fourth interest rate increase of 2018, on December 16th, amid sharp criticism of these moves by the U.S. President, the S&P 500 by its intraday low on December 24th had fallen just a few points shy of the negative 20% putative definition of a bear market, before rallying to close negative 4.4% for the year as a whole, followed by significant annual gains of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in the COVID-affected 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021. Adverse Tilt Factors 1. Slowing GDP and profits growth 
even as they are projected to be comfortably in positive territory. 1. 2022 real GDP growth is projected by the Federal Reserve to slow from positive 5.5% in 2021 to positive 4.0% in 2022. And 2. S&P 500 after-tax profit growth is projected to decelerate even more meaningfully from positive 45.1% in 2021 to positive 9.2% in 2022. Financial markets thus appear to have moved past the optimal points of peak liquidity and peak rates of change. 2. The potential persistence of inflation pressures. Owing to negative reactions by political officials, governmental authorities, and the public at large to rising inflation, the Federal Reserve may be constrained in its ability to support financial assets in a potential downturn without intensifying inflationary pressures. Against a background of a positive 6.8% year-over-year increase in the November headline CPI, a positive 9.6% year-over-year increase in the November headline PPI, and a positive 5.0% year-over-year increase in the October headline Personal Consumption Expenditures, PCE Index. The minutes of the December 14th through the 15th Federal Open Market Committee meeting, released on Wednesday, January 5th, indicated that while participants generally continue to anticipate that inflation would decline significantly over the course of 2022 as supply constraints eased, almost all stated that they had revised up their forecasts of inflation for 2022 notably, and many did so for 2023 as well. The median of Fed officials' estimates currently forecast that core PCE inflation excluding food and energy, will reach positive 4.4% for 2021 as a whole before easing to positive 2.7% in 2022. Arguments in favor of continued elevated levels of inflation point to 1. Tight labor markets. 2. Climbing oil prices. 3. Projected lagged effects of higher shelter costs associated with record high rates of growth in home prices. 4. The emergence of higher inflationary expectations in consumer sentiment surveys. And 5 companies' successful actions thus far to pass along higher input costs and defend profit margins. Arguments in favor of moderating inflation maintain that when measured against relatively high prices from a year earlier, prices may decelerate as 1. Factory production increases to meet demand. 2. Consumers shift to more normal spending patterns. 3. Global logistics channels work through backlogs. 4. A strong U.S. dollar leads to disinflationary effects on the prices of imported goods and 5. Bond inflation break-even rates, apparently tenacious reflections, that inflation is more of a near-term problem than a long-term one. 3. Shifting monetary policy. Newly economic projections released by the FOMC on December 15th indicate that Fed officials expect to raise policy interest rates more quickly than policymakers had previously expected. Three times in 2022, three times in 2023, and two times in the following year to arrive at a 2.10% monetary policy interest rate by the end of 2024. Minutes of this meeting, released on January 5th, disclose that some FOMC members have opined that the Federal Reserve should begin shrinking its $8.76 trillion portfolio of bonds and mortgage securities, which has doubled in size over the previous two years, relatively soon after beginning to raise policy interest rates, while apprehending that it would take a significant downward move in financial asset prices to cause the Fed to switch back to an accommodative stance. Financial market participants are simultaneously attempting to assess whether the Fed can successfully withdraw from its lengthy term of significant monetary stimulus without intrinsically damaging asset prices. We monitor the spread between the yield on the two-year U.S. Treasury note, 0.88%, and the yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, 1.73%, 
currently 85 basis points, with moves towards zero basis points and an indication of markets increasing concerns about over-tightening and moves toward 100 basis points, indicative of markets' comfort with the pace of withdrawing monetary policy accommodation. FOMC meetings in 2022 are scheduled for January 25th through the 26th, March 15th through the 16th, May 3rd through the 4th, June 14th through the 15th, July 26th and 27th, September 20th through the 21st, November 1st and 2nd, and December 13th through the 14th. 4. The path of COVID-19. Rapidly rising COVID infections, more than 1 million new cases were reported in the U.S. on January 3rd, combined with substantially reduced hospitalization and mortality rates attributed to the effectiveness of vaccines plus boosters invitiating severe illness, have been interpreted as conceivably signaling the late stages of the pandemic, and the advent of antiviral pills has been shown to reduce the risk of COVID-19's burden on society if taken within several days of the start of symptoms. Thus far, even as it may reintroduce logistics delays, the Omicron variant of the coronavirus appears to have proven more muted than originally thought and does not seem to cast a materially negative influence on global growth through lockdowns and other restrictive measures. Public health officials and infectious disease specialists have begun to advance the idea that the COVID-19 pandemic may be on a path toward becoming endemic in the United States. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a disease is considered endemic when it is, one, continuously circulating in an area at a baseline level, two, in a predictable pattern, and three, leads to minimal social disruption. Five, stretched valuations. According to numerous valuation metrics, including ratios of price-to-earnings, price-to-book, price-to-sales, market capitalization to GDP, market capitalization to replacement cost, and cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings, by which measure the U.S. market is more overvalued than at pre-bear market peaks in 1929, 1973, and 2007. U.S. equities are priced well above the fundamental support levels of fair value and in many cases are in the 95th percentile or above relative to their valuation history. As such, rising 2022 and 2023, earnings estimates and other positive outcomes are needed to justify these steep valuations, with episodes of material disappointment and or shortfalls versus expectations implying significant downside risk. 6. Erosion beneath the surface, index concentration, and narrow market leadership. Stealth corrections and stealth bear markets have already occurred in 2021 in many parts of the U.S. equity market. 42% of the S&P 500 companies 51% of the NASDAQ 100, 78% of the NASDAQ composite, and 79% of the Russell 2000 have undergone at least a negative 10% correction from their year-to-date high. Similarly, 10% of the S&P 500 companies, 18% of the NASDAQ 100, 60% of the NASDAQ composite, and 50% of the Russell 2000 have undergone at least a negative 25% correction from their year-to-date high. Of the S&P 500's positive 26.9% price advance in 2021, five of the largest capitalization stocks, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Apple, Alphabet, and Tesla, alone account for one-third of the total gain, with more than $5 trillion mimicking the S&P 500 index through passive funds. Any deficiency in one or more of these companies' results could significantly undermine equity market performance. According to Goldman Sachs, only 11 instances since 1980 have featured market breadth narrowing, as sharply as it has during 2021. And following a substantial majority of those episodes, the S&P 500 posted below average returns over subsequent 1, 3, 6, and 12-month intervals. In preparing portfolio positioning strategies, portfolio positioning principles, 
and portfolio positioning tactics for 2022, we recall the oft-quoted observation of the 34th U.S. President and five-star general, Dwight David Eisenhower, 1890-1969, that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. With this wisdom in mind, our 2022 investment planning approach reflects and encompasses the following themes. One, growing but slowing GDP, estimated approximately positive 4.0%, and corporate profits, estimated approximately 10%. Two, transitioning to a decidedly less stimulative monetary and fiscal policy backdrop. Three, fluctuating financial asset prices in conditions featuring shifting performance leadership and increased equity, bond, and currency volatility. Four, differentiating, with emphasis on greater discernment and selectivity in asset classes, managers, sectors, and companies. Five, challenging. In an environment of elevated valuations, the easy money has likely been made. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning. Portfolio positioning strategies. Following the S&P 500's well-above-average total return performance of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021, and in the Omicron uncertain slowing yet still relatively robust economic expansion and upwardly trending inflation environment, we believe that careful thought, planning, and attention needs to be devoted to the investor's most appropriate forms and vehicles for implementing the fundamental elements of asset allocation and investment strategy, which include 1. Diversification. While it does not by any means guarantee a profit or insure against a loss, Diversification means having low and negatively correlated investment exposures that truly counterbalance price movements in other assets, particularly during times of great financial stress and or elevated market volatility. Two, rebalancing, which encompasses judiciously using concepts of reversion to the mean to trim exposures to assets that have grown to represent too large a portion of the overall portfolio, while at the same time adding exposure to high-quality assets that have fallen out of investor favor and suffered significant though deemed not permanent, price declines versus intrinsic value. 3. Risk management, which involves recognizing when markets have become consumed by unrealistic expectations, meme securities, excessive speculation, momentum plays, story stocks, and information overload, a situation that has pertained in recent experience to a number of companies in various parts of the technology spectrum, and understanding the degree of liquidity, the true pricing realism, and the appropriate roles of short-term liquid securities. Real assets, financial assets, and alternative assets in decades-long or longer regimes of inflation, stagflation, deflation, monetary disruptions, and currency resets. Or reinvestment, which encompasses knowing when to emphasize and trade off income return versus capital growth, all the while keeping in mind the critical importance of discipline, equanimity, patience, cost consciousness, tax awareness, and longevity, in capturing and compounding dividend coupon rental and other income flows, and five, asset protection and husbandry, which encompass considerations of current and likely future income, wealth and capital gains taxation at the state, local, federal, and possibly international level, estate planning, relevant insurance design and structuring, cybersecurity shielding, portfolio monitoring and reporting, administrative expenses, forms, frequency, and means of asset access, and asset custody. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning principles. With roughly equal weightings to growth to value and two defensive style rubrics, we continue to allocate a substantial exposure to equities. With prudent shifts between styles, sectors, geographies, and where appropriate from a cost timing, tax liquidity, and size standpoint, public versus private markets expressed are a number of themes that we believe should be taken into consideration over the next few years 
in selecting asset categories, asset classes, asset managers, sectors, companies, and security types. 1. Paying attention to the value of money, taking advantage of, rather than being taken advantage of by, the consequences of money printing, internal and external currency debasement, government debt monetization, and the modern monetary theory approach that to some degree in the pandemic response era has been pursued by the authorities. Within shifting money and credit cycles, to service America's massive explicit government and corporate indebtedness, and the enormous implicit obligations of pension and healthcare promises, too, concentrating on all weather sectors and companies, seeking investments with balance and flexibility that are able to thrive regardless of which political persuasion informs the thinking and policies of the White House, Congress, the judiciary, the nation, and relevant domestic and international regulatory authorities, evolving environmental, social, and governance priorities and values, wealth distribution initiatives, and public health conditions, geopolitical relationships, and wider socioeconomic trends. Three, distinguishing between temporary and permanent change. Focusing on the commercial and financial implications of new social and political power structures, alliances, and global associations, new energy sources and resources, new trade patterns, new on- and offshoring channels, new cost, logistical, supply chain, and transportation modalities, new work-from-home and work-from-anywhere employment methods, and new business models, pathways, digitalizations, and forms of person-to-person and business-to-business work, leisure, learning, and wellness activity. Or, taking advantage of demographic tailwinds through U.S. and select non-U.S. companies, gaining exposure to and meeting the rising needs, aspirations, and appropriate spending power of the rapidly expanding global middle class, especially in Asia. 5. Comprehending and verifying past success. Emphasizing companies and sectors that have demonstrated successful track records and past experience in. Competitive preeminence, abundant free cash flow generation, capital allocation skill, balance sheet strength, risk management, sustainably defendable business models, and the ability to sustain high multi-year returns on equity derived from revenue growth and favorable margin preservation rather than through disproportionately high levels of leverage, meaningfully above the companies and sectors' weighted average cost of capital, and six, identifying innovative and disruptive technology hegemons. Focusing on technology enablers, disruptors, and dominators in diagnostics, biotechnology, and therapeutics based on CRISPR, weight management and well-being, public health, medical nutrition, regenerative medicine, artificial intelligence, data analytics, machine learning, 5G cellular network technology, the Internet of Things, infrastructure, robotics, retraining, quantum computing, battery inventions, alternative energy, virtual reality and augmented reality devices, hypersonic aviation, electric vehicles, and cybersecurity, while not least, also taking account of the environmental, social, and governance risks, aspirations, and initiatives of companies in these and other fields. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning tactics. 1. Keeping things in perspective. Many of the overarching themes and conditions that influence our intermediate and long-term asset allocation and investment strategy emphasize the need to recognize that the concepts and implementation methods intended to achieve safety, balance, purchasing power protection, diversification, and liquidity are likely to face evolving and sometimes rapidly shifting taxation regimes, regulatory architectures, social priorities, geopolitical power dynamics, price level changes, demographic trends, indebtedness levels, technological penetration and usages, financial structures, currency systems, and importantly, perceptions of the definition, role, degree of physicality, embodiment, and value of money itself. 2. Flexibility versus conviction in formulating investment thinking. 
in seeking to determine when to adhere to and when to lean against prevailing consensus views, sometimes pejoratively referred to as groupthink, it is important to critically question the soundness and durability of the reasoning and assumptions underlying a given investment framework and positioning at any point in time. While it at times may not make sense to hold out of consensus views often expressed as fighting the tape, at other times, especially at major cyclical or secular turning points, at a significant asset top when reality is finally found to fall short of prevailingly overly optimistic expectations, or a major asset bottom when reality is shown to be worth considerably more than prevailingly overly pessimistic expectations, the rewards of implementing a contrarian stance can be quite meaningful. 3. Enhancing and Preserving While we confess to a not inconsiderable degree of unease over this past year's manifestations of an investor exuberance and the popularity of certain stocks and sectors considered to be forever holdings, our short-term inclination at this juncture is to take note of the Federal Reserve's explicitly lessening support of financial asset prices while taking advantage of episodes of asset price strength to continue the course of upgrading positions, offloading lower-quality, higher-risk assets, and with timing and price discipline, adding to attractively priced higher-quality assets on equity market pullbacks. It is worth keeping in mind that the average year includes three separate negative 5% or more pullbacks for the S&P 500, with only one taking place in 2021, and no negative 10% correction has taken place thus far since March 2020. With Federal Reserve asset purchase tapering well underway, slowing growth in China, and in view of our expectation of increased asset price volatility in the months ahead, Prudence counsels being vigilantly aware of the increasingly narrowing market breadth and seeking to take advantage of such retrenchments as a key element of making significant new capital commitments. 4. Equity emphases and de-emphases. Particularly, in the current conditions of fluctuating even though low from a historical perspective, U.S. Treasury interest rates, and given the likely focus areas of government spending initiatives, to us it appears likely that cash-generating, financially stable companies with robust growth prospects are able to operate and thrive in the digital sphere as they continue to enhance their business models, deserve to retain some degree of evaluation premium. Within equities, one, we recommend continuing to gradually shift emphasis from growth sectors, companies, and managers towards the inclusion of select value sectors, companies, and managers, with focus on financials, energy, industrials, materials, COVID recovery, reopening in consumer sectors, and a concomitant de-emphasis on companies and sectors dependent on access to low-cost energy. Two, we continue to counsel selectively adding small and mid-cap companies or investment managers specializing in and with good track records in this space to our primary yet gradually lessening emphasis on large capitalization enterprises and three, for the time being. While we continue to prefer a tactical overweighting to U.S. domestic equities with any pullbacks currently viewed as an opportunity to sensibly add equities, particularly those sectors and companies likely to benefit from an economic recovery, we also espouse holding or gradually building relatively modest allocations to global leaders listed in emerging and developed international markets. Five, focus on strength and quality. Our long-term equity portfolio weightings continue to emphasize asset managers, sectors, and specific companies that can benefit from the major sustained trends of the 2020-2030 decade, including one, incremental growth in a wide range of economic circumstances, two, a focus on economic repair, digitalization, e-commerce, personal wellness, safety, domesticity, home improvement, infrastructure spending, and sustainable consumer demand, and three, advantageous capture of benefits from onshoring, supply chain redesign, and deglobalization as important drivers of capital spending and disruptive innovation. At the company level in equities, 
we emphasize identifying and building long-term exposure to firms possessing fortress-like, cash-rich balance sheets, prudence in balance sheet utilization, limited debt, consistency and durability of positive free cash flow generation, dividend strength, and competitive business models with sustainable competitive advantages, high barriers to entry, low threat of substitute products, and viable pricing power vis-a-vis suppliers and or customers that over a long time frame can generate high returns on equity through revenue growth and enduring profit margins, rather than through unhealthily high levels of leverage. At the current time, we recommend that consideration be given to top quality companies in the healthcare, consumer staples, and financial sectors. 6. Balancing Growth and Value Sectors At its closing level of 3,074.99 on Friday, December 31st, the price return of the Russell 1000 Growth Index including companies in sectors such as technology, healthcare, and communication services, was, according to the Wall Street Journal, positive 26.7% year-to-date, while the price return of the Russell 1000 Value Index, including companies in sectors such as financial, real estate, energy, utility, and industrial businesses, was at its closing level of 1,655.73 on Friday, December 31st, was, according to the Wall Street Journal, positive 22.7% year-to-date. This 4.0 percentage point growth minus value returns differential appears to argue for some degree of balanced exposure in selected value sectors, companies, and managers, as well as in selected growth sectors, companies, and managers. As this process continues, it is worth keeping in mind that true value investing represents identifying assets that are trading for less than they are actually worth, not assets that are merely inexpensive. Many superficially inexpensive assets may very well be inexpensive for a reason and can very well remain so or deteriorate further. 7. Fixed Income Securities Bond prices persist at elevated price levels with ultra-low yields across the maturity spectrum. Even though yield movements have been modest in the past two months, they have risen somewhat since year-end 2020, with according to Bloomberg in early August, an extraordinary total of $16.5 trillion, up from $12 trillion in mid-May, in global negative yielding sovereign and some corporate debt outstanding. We affirm our preference for issuers at the high-quality end of the rating spectrum, both in taxable investment grade, in high-yield bonds, and in tax-exempt bonds, where we continue to see some pockets of value on a taxable equivalent basis. We see fixed-income securities as continuing to be subject to price risk due to our expectation of rising yields during the course of 2022, and thus we prefer maturities and durations along the short-to-intermediate portion of the yield curve spectrum. 8. U.S. Dollar Outlook After declining negative 9.9% in 2017, appreciating positive 4.4% in 2018, marginally gaining positive 0.4% in 2019, and declining negative 3.4% in 2020, the DXY US dollar index measured versus a basket of six major currencies, the euro, Japanese yen, Swedish krona, British pound, Canadian dollar, and Swiss franc, had, as of its market close of 95.97 on December 31st, appreciated positive 6.7% in 2021. Over the next few quarters, given our expectations of the Federal Reserve stepping up the pace of its likely policy interest rate increases, we believe the U.S. dollar may rise relative to major currencies including the euro and Japanese yen. 9. Alternative Investment and Real Assets In alternative investments, we continue our multi-quarter focus that has for some time emphasized exposure to 1. Commodities and real asset sectors of the economy including industrial metals, agriculture, and materials. 2. Gold and or gold mining ETFs, shares, particularly those miners with reserves in stable geographic locations, capital discipline and cash flow growth. 3. High-quality master limited partnerships, 
with strong business models and sustainable dividend-paying capacity. Four, select investments in private credit and private real estate. Five, opportunistic strategies that are positioned to selectively derive meaningful value from the dislocations created by the various mutations of the coronavirus and the subsequent economic and profits recovery. This concludes our January market commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Stay invested. Stay invested.